Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans, and joining me, as always, Jim Grant. Good evening. And great to have him back. Uh, journalist, writer, entrepreneur, and now young father. It's Benji Lanyardo. Hello, chums. How are you doing? Hi, Benji. Long time no see. Fatherhood is keeping you from us. Yep. The last time I saw you, I think, was on the Parkland Walk, and I had my newborn son, Rafi, strapped to my chest, and he just essentially done a <laughs> shit on me. Right. So right. I'm I'm pleased to report I don't <laughs> I don't have any shit on me as 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 we as we meet now, Phil. Tiny victories. Tiny victories. <laughs> we have to we have to take these glorious moments when we're not covered in shit and see them as building blocks to a greater future. Excellent. Yeah. Yes, I'm not covered in shit at the moment. No. Uh, which is good. Um, You've got any milky vomit on your shoulder. That that's what I used to used to get the, the, the when you burp them. They, they would do that kind of milky dribbly stuff on you. Mm. Yeah. If you, and then you, if you, you had to remember to put a kind of cloth on there or something. That's it, yeah, Jim. You're, that. If you ever considered, and this, you should set up like a fatherhood blog. This is, this is, <laughs> this is top <laughs> tips. Based on your sort of slightly sketchy memory of your, your, your two daughters <laughs> being small children sketchy. like yeah. two decades ago. A long time ago. Yeah, be quite interesting because they, you know, they would have been dial-up instead of broadband. It would have been a different time to be a father of a child. It, it, yeah, yeah. Well, it was. Yeah, catalytic converters were very new. You know, it was a very different yeah. era. It, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had to change a car to get one that would fit all the paraphernalia in because we had a really car, car that we really liked. But it had a boot, and the boot was simply not big enough for all the kind of crap that you have to you have to have when you travel with, with babies. So we have to get an estate car. Which of the current West Ham team would you think would make the best father? Um, well, I think you know, you'd, obviously Noble, you would, get, you would, you would say. He's, um, he's got kids, hasn't he? he yeah, and he's, he's like, like a, a father figure to, yeah. to, to, the, to, you know, to other. Um, uh, I think, um, I imagine, 
I, I imagine um, uh, Deck would be a very good, uh, like, competitive dad. When he yeah, like, he'd be sort of fun. Yeah. He's a bit young. At the moment, he's like a, he's a fantastic uncle. He's that yeah. sort of character. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Angelo Ogbono would... I was not just, just thinking... Not just because of his, his exploits <laughs> of the weekend, but there's something like ultra masculine about him isn't there yeah uh, but he's got a very fatherly. gentle face hasn't he yeah, he's he a does, big he you know he's a he has soft unit. features yeah he has yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. he has a very kind face Angelo yeah. I yeah. think you're right he's I think both him and Obiang were doing higher education as well because they sort of came together didn't they at the club I think I, they were both doing sort of degrees or something Obiang certainly and and he um he would he would uh in press shots and Instagram shots he'd often be wearing a kind of like a pair of intellectual style glasses, glasses. just to emphasize yeah, the fact right. that he, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was the lesser um, spotted educated footballer. Somebody stuck something up on uh, I guess the Facebook group and it was an interview with Lingard about going to West Ham and he said that uh, uh, very early on sort of four of them got in one of their cars or something and uh, he sat in the back and he didn't know them that well and he just sort of got his phone out so I look at his phone and Noble went no 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 we don't do that we talk and <laughs> he said it was he said it was really unusual and that actually oh, often there you in go the, in the There's changing figure room, yeah in the changing rooms they you know he said that that um quite often people were sort of mocked a bit from sitting and just being on their phone in a corner and on their headphones. And uh, they were sort of almost roundly mocked if they tried to start doing that and were told to just join in the conversation. Interesting. I thought that was really interesting. It made me sort of think, bloody hell, we should really keep Noble in the fabric of the club, you know. I've just remembered that one of the worst bits of parenting I think I've well, no, I suppose one of the yeah, one of the worst bits of parenting I, I sort of witnessed or got a glimpse of was at a West Ham football match, uh, and I can't I can't remember it was away somewhere and it was in the days of terraces and this father this young father seated his little his little tot on top of one of those kind of barriers you know that you used to lean against, um, and uh, I've got a feeling it might have been at Plough Lane actually, but right. uh, anyway. <laughs> this little this little boy asked his dad a question about something. It was something like, "Dad, why don't we like Spurs?" And he just turned around to this this sort of four year old child and went, "It's because they're fucking cunts." <laughs> <laughs> we had that. Um... When, you know, in the latter days uh, at the Bolin, we had that family behind us, didn't we? So a big extended family. And those little boys grew up in the time we were going to watch West Ham, didn't we? You know, when we first sort of first went, they're standing on the seat, standing That's on right. the plastic seats. Yeah. And by the end, they're fucking teenagers. It was sort of, um, you know, it was really charming in a sense to sort of see yeah. this kind of dynasty sort of grow up around us. Um. I can't. I still can't remember much about them, but yeah, no. yeah kids. Their kids. It, are, yeah, we've got a family of about twenty. We've got a family of about twenty that's sitting in front of us, maybe like thirty. And it's um, yeah, we're seeing the same thing since we got to the, to the Olympics stadium. They're, they're they're gradually multiplying, and the kids are growing up and stuff. And actually, when the kids first started, they'd just be playing sort of hide and seek in the seats. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and now they're actually starting to watch the football. It's um. I think, by the way, the, the, the mobile phone anecdote is absolute proof that Noble is the father of, 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 of the West Ham group because that is yeah. so fatherly, isn't it? Get off your mobile, get off your mobile. Yeah, but actually, generally, really, really quite 
brilliant, actually. And I, do, yeah. I wonder whether that's something purely for Noble or whether that's the David Moyes thing. It's really it's great to hear, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it, it, it really does. You know, you sense that. I mean, what you, you saw it especially when Lingard came into the team because he was a stranger that hadn't sort of, you know, um, been part of the Moyes project. And the fact that you could see that he became friends with the other players almost from the very first game. They got on really well. They celebrated each other. They, you know, they they celebrated each other's goals. Um, it's a real testament to the, the fact that there's a spirit there. You know, those are obviously the Czech boys. And probably you sense Bowen's a good bloke as well. You know, they were part of the, you know, slow Moyes re- revolution from just trying to keep us up to ending up with a sixth-place finish. Um, but, you know, it seems to have... The players kind of seem to have the mindset that fits the project as well as the footballing chops, you know, which is one really of, good. One- Completely. And one of the one of the things someone asked me recently, like why why is this West Ham team doing so well? And I thought about it for a while. And the, the thing I landed on was that almost everybody there, Moyes included, has got something to prove. Yeah. And what's delightful to see is a lot of them are proving it. So, you know, Lingard turns up to resurrect his career. He resurrects his career. You've got someone like Pablo Fornells, who's kind of been in the Spanish under-21s and now via West Ham is playing for Spain. You've got Declan Rice, who's now, you know, one of the first names in the team sheet for England. You've got Antonio, who wants to prove he's a striker and is proving he really is a Premier League-level striker. They all are. And, and what's lovely is they're all sort of, like, delighting in each other's achievements. You know, there, there is when, when the Czech boys in England and, and Declan Rice were... We're playing together at the Euros. There was this real sense of look, you know, look at yeah, us, yeah, yeah, <laughs> look at what yeah. we've done, and they're all clear. You know, ben Rama, can he step up to the Premier League? Well, yes, he can. For, you know, Jared Jared Bowen, can he do it and step up to the Premier League? Yes, he can. They're all sort of achieving this together. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And Zuma's been sort of knitted into the team. You know, he and Dan Ogbonna celebrating on uh, Sunday, and we'll come on mm. to the Everton game in <clears throat> just a moment. Obviously, you know, the sort of. Um, the effusiveness and sort of excessiveness of their celebration of basically keeping a clean sheet was um was was quite extraordinary and uh, and you know and Ogbonna's had several central defensive partners you know over his now something like five years at the club and um uh and um you know he clearly wants the partnership to work with whoever he's with otherwise it's not worth his while you know, he'll go and play for someone else. Um, and, uh, you know, he's... Uh, and I think a new you know, new defender sort of brings the best out of him as well. You know, a new defensive partner brings the best out of him. But anyway, we'll talk about um, uh, the Everton game. Um, uh, you know, another... Uh, it was another victory. Um, what did we make of it? Um, I thought it was I thought it was a deserved victory, um, and uh, and probably uh, the way we dominated the first half hour of the game um, should have been more comfortable in the end than it than it was. And actually, of course, we gave up a a few chances for them on the break. But I, I, I you know, it's a it's a measure of how far the, the football we're playing has evolved. I think that that we now go to places like Goodison Park dominate with 60% possession, knock it around like we're, you know, cocky as hell um, and confident um, and, um, you know, c- control a game 
against a team where you normally you'd you go there try and keep it tight and hit them on the break. You know, even when we won there, um, you know, the get the the game where Yarmolenko and Alnatovic scored, yeah, you know, which was which was a, a very good win. It was a win built on counter-attacking football. Whereas, you know, I think I think our football is is having to evolve because teams are sitting off us. Yeah. Um, uh, in, in some cases, and, and we've got to learn to break defensives down. So I, I would say, you know, the only negative from it really was that um, th- th- there was some bad decision making in the final third, the final ball, yeah. the, when people chose to shoot, and and you know, quite a few culprits. It wasn't it wasn't a it was like a team thing really, rather than any individuals kind of uh, uh, standing out in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. Benji, what do you reckon? It was, it was a real evolution, I think. Yeah, I think it was a real evolution on 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 last year because last year actually we struggled struggled a little bit when we were allowed to have possession. Um, we, we we were really strong on the break for most of last year, uh, and it was when we played against teams that sort of let us have the ball that we didn't quite know what to do. What was really striking about this, as Jim says, that fir- first thirty minutes. We were completely dominant, and it reminded me of how elite teams these days tend to start games. You look at the way Klopp gets Liverpool to start every game. Ultimately, he wants to finish the game in that first 30 minutes. He, you yeah. know, and, and because they've got you know, Salah and Mane and Firmino usually up front, they often do finish games against lesser teams in the first 30 minutes. Moyes is clearly trying to do that in games where he thinks we're going to have possession. And really, we should have won that game two or three nil. You know, Everton didn't really do a huge amount, and notably that you know, without it would have been actually quite disappointing if we hadn't won this game. If you know, Everton without Calvert Lewin and Richarlison, basically they're, they're two best players. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, what was so amazing about it is that it was just a fairly straightforward one nil away win, which, which, which just never. It's really interesting. I think that this, um, that you know, there is a new style of football in the uh, Premier League, and I think that there's sort of. I wonder if the year without crowds uh, help, you know, help that to sort of grow. Which is playing at home like you're the away team, yeah. you know, because Everton, you know, who, who, yeah, it's a, it's a real massive misapprehension that somehow under Moyes and maybe subsequent managers, Everton were a sort of um, slightly pragmatic doer outfit. They they were sort of a, a, an outfit that wanted to kind of attack the other team, but um, they really sat back on Sunday, didn't they? They played like the away team, and we're starting to. It, it really feels like. Um, People, you know, clubs are really not looking at home advantage as a factor anymore, and, and saying, you know, we've got to we've got to go out and attack. It's our home ground. We're familiar with the we're familiar with the sort of the geography of the ground. We've got our own fans there. They're going to make a lot of noise. So let's go out and attack the other team. They basically just kind of um, say, um, you know, we'll do whatever it takes to try and win this game. And if that is sitting back, that's what we'll do. And uh, yeah, we, it's right. I mean, people have have sort of, to a degree, um, degree sort of been worked out by other teams in that they now they know that what we'd like to do is sort of sit back and hit them on the break. So they sit back and uh, do a West Ham to us, um, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have to learn how to deal with that. There's, I mean, we've played a few games, haven't we? Since that, since our four two and four one wins early in the season we've actually been quite low scoring and we've been in this position a few times of saying 
we needed to score at least one more in that period of possession. That feels like, you know, um, it's now becoming a bit of a mantra. And I wonder if that is a sort of a, I wonder if that's a problem. I wonder, you know, what might be the reasons for that? I, I don't I don't think unduly so. Um, I, I think one thing that has, um, has happened is that the goals from set pieces have dried up. Yeah, um, and it was uh, good that Ogbonna got the got the the first goal from a corner um, this season. But because we've had a lot of corners, we've had fifty seven corners this season, which puts us fourth currently in the in the league. Oh. Which again tells us a little bit about how we're, we're dominating games and 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 and, and forcing more corners. Um, so that's about a third of the corners we got in the entire season uh, last mm. season. So. Um, but we scored goals regularly from them um, last season. So, um, uh, and, and, you know, we've still got the good delivery and we've still got uh, plenty of tall players. So one would hope that that, that kind of statistic is going to write itself, that we'll, 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 yeah. there'll be a few more of them. Um, uh, other than that, I think it, it's, it's that difficulty of, of scoring goals against packed defences um, if you can't get round the back of them very yeah. easily um and um I, I you know certainly or against everton uh, johnson who has many virtues i think as a as a, as a right back um isn't really a a, a soufal attack attack and get round the back sort of player so no. you kind of that, that changes things a little bit um you know and i think also when when masawaku is in the team we tend to get to the byline perhaps a a, a, a bit more um, yeah. But but you know we that, that that goal we scored against Crystal Palace, you know the kind of walk it into the net type goal is a goal they're trying to score more of. Yeah. And I think they need, you know, good final. You know, just it's just that final ball that you know, choosing yeah. when to shoot. And I think I'm sure it's something that they'll be working on, you know, in training. But uh, you know, at the moment, it's not quite not quite rolling. I mean, second half against Brentford, we you know battered them. Um, but but just couldn't stick the ball in the net. Um, yeah, we've got we've got we've got the every you know every outfield player for us apart from the you know the defenders have scored this season already, and Antonio's got quite a few. So I don't think we have to worry about like um, we, I don't think we have to worry about there being sort of flaws within the players. Fornells, I think, is is the only one who's finishing. I would. I would question. I think his finishing is relatively poor, considering he does so well to get in so many good positions. Um, but, but I think, as as Jim said, I think this is something that will correct itself. And, and ultimately, we won. We found a way. Um, yeah. Brentford is the only game I can think of where we probably should have scored more goals than we did, and it hurt us. You know, so yeah. far this year, actually, um, it's it, the, the results have mostly been about uh, about right. And unfortunately, with the Brentford game, you do have to acknowledge when you've been shit housed and shit housed effectively, um, yeah. and they did a job on us. You know, yeah, um, they did. Otherwise, otherwise, I think you know we've been okay in front of goal. There's a you know a couple of. Um, uh times where I think uh, it's been mentioned that uh, we might sort of possibly be tinkering with a formula that worked for us very well last year. Um, what I'm talking about principally is the sort of how Rice and Suchek combine. You know, there was the point made about the Leeds game that um, we were much better second half when it felt like uh, Moyes had 
you know, sort of told them to play more like they played last year. Um, there's a sort of there's a sort of narrative from pundits on Match of the Day when they talk about Rice going, if he could only add goals to his game. And Moyes says it as well. And, uh, you know, it was felt that possibly the way we've set up sometimes this season has been to sort of push him forward more and for Suchek to then be the holding player. And that that actually potentially damages the sort of what we were doing unconsciously last year. That seemed to sort of fix itself on Sunday, I thought, because Suchek was, um, you know, he had that offside snaffled goal at the far post, didn't he? He was sort of in there, um, you know, there or thereabouts during the kind of closing stages of an attack, much more like last season's uh, Suchek. But it did seem that... You know, what seems to happen with Rice is that he gets much more involved as the game goes on. As the game stretches and legs get tired, he starts going on those runs. He's just incredibly intelligent, Rice. That's the thing that's so impressive about him is that he, you're right, Phil, in this game, he sat. For that first 30 minutes, he was the guy sort of at the pivot of when we were dominating the game. He was the guy at the pivot of the midfield just spraying it around. He was doing a bit of a sort of a, you know, a, a, a Bushkets role where he was just sort yeah. of sitting there and passing it to, to, to whoever's in the best position. But the, his intelligence meant that as the game was sort of developed, he realised, do you know what? There's there's opportunities here. And that's the brilliant thing. Oh, yeah, one of many brilliant things about Declan Rice is when he sniffs out an opportunity for space and to break forward, he bloody well takes it. You know, there's, there's been some, I think, a stat going around this this weekend that he he advanced the ball more than any other player in the league this weekend. Right, and yeah. This, this, this truly is something that he is that he he's being told to lean into because he's incredibly good at it. The thing the thing that I think you know, the, 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 one of the major factors of his kind of metamorphosis into this you know you've got to say almost world class midfielder now is his physically he is one hell of an athlete. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, and mm. and he can drive. He picks up the ball and drives. So yeah, he basically showed like Phil, you're completely right that. He's been going forward and Suchek's been holding back. What we saw in this game is that he held back and then he went forward anyway because he was realised that he could actually do the lot. It was amazing, yeah. really amazing. Yeah. Uh, he was imperious against Everton, I thought, and they came into the game with a with a much vaunted uh, central midfielder in Dakure, and, and he was completely eclipsed, wasn't he, I think. Difficult. And um, <clears throat> it's fair to say uh, that... Uh, Rice is no longer under the radar and every pundit is talking about him and uh, you know uh, there's a narrative now that he need, you know he's building that 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 he needs he needs to move to a to a to a bigger club um and i suppose you know that that we know we've known for a long while that that's an inevitability it's just a question of you know when that will happen and whether or not it, it you know we will a have benefited from um, from his presence in terms of actually perhaps winning something or or getting into a, a, a you know a top four position, um, yeah. and where you know and and how much can we uh, <laughs> can we hold out for in terms of getting money for him? Um, yeah, I, th- I think you, that um, I think that you know if if they have indeed sort of remedied that slight sort of hiccup with um, how you deploy. Rice and Suchek, um, you know, that's great if they've sort of found their way through that little potential sort of problem and are just back to how things used to be, that's great. But I do also think that if, um, you know, 
if Rice began to sort of, in a way, believe his own publicity and started to kind of go, no, I want to be more of an attacking sort of midfielder, I think that'd be really problematic because I think it's his kind of uh, central defender's instincts and some of that kind of DNA still in there that makes him the player he is. In very much the same way as Billy Bonds, he's he's you know he's got a lot in common with Billy Bonds, the athleticism, but also he's got a kind of um, you know uh, his moves begin often by winning the ball. He 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 sees but, but this, a pass, is, is... and before it gets to his intended target, it's nipped off a player's toe by Declan Rice, who then because he's got all the momentum and makes he, that makes something happen, and that's not what defensive player midfielders like Gareth Barry or or you know Batty did they basically just put tackles in they weren't like nipping in and nicking the ball off someone's toe they were just putting in crunching tackles to just you know that's why they were called destroyers and if if you know Rice in a way if he does want to develop into a sort of an attacking midfielder well then he starts to you know, I'd, I'd be going, well, why don't you just put Ross Barkley in there then? You know, have Phillips have Phillips screen the back four and then have Ross Barkley. It's like, you know, the reason you don't do that is that there's 50% of Declan Rice's game that Ross Barkley doesn't do. But, the, I mean, that is... But this is why he's exceptional, Rice, because you're right. Usually, a central midfielder has to choose. Do you want to be defensive or do you want to be attacking? It's, and, and usually those things are mutually exclusive. You know, you, you know, Kante is never going to be a brilliant attacking midfielder. And, and you know, you're kind of like, you know, Ben Rama is never going to be a defensive midfielder. The no. thing that is exceptional about Declan Rice is he truly can do both at the same time. And that puts him into this really small bracket of players. You know, you're talking people like Steven Gerrard, uh, Graham Souness, you know that that kind of real all-round box-to-box midfielder. Vieira was another Vieira, one. Yeah, um, Yaya, Yaya Torre, and he and he is in that bracket. So I, I was initially exactly the same as you, Phil, where I was like, ah, oh, do you know what? Let's stop going forward, Deckers. That's not your thing. Become the world's best defence midfielder and focus on that. Now I'm like, well, well, hold on. Actually, your 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 talents are broader. He is able to do both at the same time. I really believe that. Well, he's very fortunate, in a sense, to in for both club and country to find the ideal midfield partner. Because Calvin Phillips, there's very few players that play like Calvin Phillips. One player that does play a bit like Calvin Phillips is Thomas Suchek, and uh, you know it's 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 um uh, it's an immensely fortuitous, especially in that last tournament for for Rice and Phillips to have found each other or been put together because I thought Phillips was, you know, when, when there was talk of, um, you know, Rice possibly going a season or two ago, I was kind of going, we should just go balls in to get Calvin Phillips from Leeds. He's the only other player I think that, you know, um, we might be able to snaffle and, you know, could do a job for us. Not now. He's, you know, whatever, you know. He's, um, Southgate keeps Rice under on a tighter rein than, than Moyes does these days. <laughs> yeah. That's but I think that's that's to England's detriment. You know, the first time we really saw Deckers properly playing in this box-to-box role, like like he does for us, was in the final. It was the first time that really he, yeah. he started getting forward and he looked, he looked magnificent. I do wonder, you know, you know I guess we, we got to the final, so the point's moot. But um, yeah, until that point, you're, you're completely right, Jim. He had been telling him pretty much to stay inside inside our own half. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, as Jim, you start, sort of started to say, I think, it, you know, it is, he really is now sort of on the radar and pundits yeah. really talking about yeah. him after the sort of punditry I sort of saw and read after the Everton game was uh, just absolutely glowing in its praise of Rice. Um, I do sort of wonder, it, 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 you know, I wouldn't lay siege to Sullivan and Gold's houses if if he did move on at the end of this season because I sort of it, because it wouldn't surprise me. It would be sad, it, but it wouldn't surprise me. But then again, I would equally not be surprised if he stayed. You know, um, so no, I, I think the, the scenario that we want to play out here because we, we we're all we all accept he's going to go at some point, right? That I, 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 at some stage he will go because. Yes, he's playing for England, but an ambitious man like him, he'll want to win things. And he's, and he's probably not going to win things uh, at West Ham unless we win the Europa League or a cup or something like that. Even that, though, will probably not be enough for him. He, he will want to win a Premier League or a Champions League because he's good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what Villa did with Grealish was really smart. They, they basically said it's going to have to take a huge offer um, to, 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 for, for us to sell you. And they said, you know, they, they almost said £100 million, big round number. £100 million. That's what it will take. Nothing else will achieve that. They're very, very clear to Grealish. And Grealish, Grealish is fair to everybody involved, right? Um, you know, if West Ham were to sell Declan Rice and get £100 million, well, wow, you know, it, on recent on recent form, we could reinvest that well and and, and we've got Suchek there to sort of play that sort of role, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but what they also did well with Grealish is they just squeezed an extra couple of years out of him by making him captain. Um, yeah. and, and again, yeah. that's going to obviously happen with Declan Rice. You know, we... Declan Rice knows now that he doesn't have to worry about moving to another another club to get in the England squad. The only thing missing is, is, is medals. And, and that's why Grealish is left at this stage. He's, he's 24, I think, Grealish, or 25. Yeah. If we can get Declan Rice to stay until he's 24, we'll have done very, very well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, yeah, I think totally. footballers, you know, A, there's winning things, but there is also just, you know, wanting to test themselves in a different environment. You know, uh, La Liga, Serie A, um, you know, there, there seems to be much more of a kind of um, uh, two-way traffic between uh, continental Europe and us now, ironically, um, <laughs> you know, given sort of the players we now have playing for, you know, the German clubs, Sancho and... Um, um, you know, thing you used to play for us. Um, you know, uh, so, you know, that, that could also be a possibility. Um, one, one thing I sort of have thought in the last couple of games is that, uh, there, there, there is a, a, a dilemma about who you sort of play through the middle behind Antonio, because, uh, for nows sometimes, uh, looks like he's being slightly underexploited out on the touchline. And you're kind of going, I would like to see him inside more. But then that's Ben Rama's, you know, we also want to see responsibility given to Ben Rama. And I think that's, you know, um, they seemed in a way also to work through that problem by just sort of switching them back and forth a couple of times on Sunday, uh, which seemed uh, good. Um yeah, mm-hmm. that, that attacking force seems settled in terms of personnel, and um, it is flexible, it is fluid, and they, and they, and I think that's that's a strength of it, really. Um, I know Bowen has only scored the one goal this season, but I think his all round play has been excellent, and I think he has improved yeah. as a as as a player. Um, and, and he forced you know, that own goal as well. He forced the own goal as well, which is yeah, yeah, him, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that's true, and I. Um, yeah, I agree. I think sort of four nails, four nails just, just, you know, he's here, there and everywhere. 
um, uh, in, in many ways, complete footballer. But I, I agree. I think I, I, I agree with you, Benji. I think um, occasionally sort of snatches at things, doesn't quite play the right final ball, you know, at times. And, and clearly, they're capable of that. And I think, you know, hopefully, as the understanding grows and, and Ben Rama gets more confident, I think he, he's growing into it all. I think um, uh, these regular succession of starts is obviously going to build his confidence. No, I, I, I don't mind. I think Antonio is outstanding. I thought it was another fantastic game. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, extraordinary. You know, um, yeah. Benitez is moaning about... You knew rubbish. he was going to do it, didn't you? But, that uh, you know, Antonio's... I mean, I wouldn't even call it a challenge on the keeper. It was no, a challenge no. for the ball. Yes. Uh, and, you know, D- Pickford mistimed his jump because a goalkeeper is allowed to use his hands, yet his hands were at a lower level than Antonio's head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was sort of Pickford basically moaning because he'd made a mistake. And, uh, you know, in his to cover his embarrassment somehow you know, blamed everything. I was fouled. It didn't come off me. It's not a call. Yeah, it was rubbish. Pretty yeah, rubbish. it was uh, nonsense. But uh, just yeah. phony, he's, he's phoning it in Benitez. You know, he's, as he, as he has been for a few years, sort of yeah, career-wise. Yeah. By the way, guys, I was, um, the, other, the, the same guy that was asking me about, you know, why West Ham are doing so well, asked me if it was my favourite ever West Ham team that I, since I've been going to watch West Ham, you know, pretty much since the early 90s. And, my answer was yes, um, it is. And the only other candidates in my lifetime, um, the boys of 86, I was two years old, so, it's, so I missed that. Mm. The only other teams that I could say I enjoyed this much was the, the, the 1999 Decanio team that, yeah. you know, with um, you know, Trevor Sinclair and, and that lot. And then that season, the Pie season. But the, the, the reason I went with this team is that the Pie season, truth be told, was about Pae. Yes, we had some lovely players around him, but he was the kind of world-class diamond right in the middle of it and then obviously went mad the next season. The thing that is so enjoyable about this current team is they're all great. They are truly all great, from, from the goalkeeper to the full-backs to the centre-backs, the defensive midfielders, the attacking midfielders, Antonio up front. Like, they are all so likeable and you've got this real leadership through no- Noble yeah. and, and Declan Rice as well. I, I, mean, I yeah, this is such a difficult question, that isn't it? Because I mean, I, is this the best West Ham team? I love it's certainly one of them, um, uh, and it's right up there, I think. Um, but the thing about favourite teams is that they're often tied into things <laughs> other than just how good the players are. You know, I was brought up on that team in the seventies, who were serial underachievers, mm. apart from the FA Cup in seventy-five and eighty. Um, well, I suppose you could say at least they did win something. Um, but, uh, you know, they quite often disappointed. But I loved Clyde Best and I loved Jeff Hurst and I loved Pop Robson and I loved Bonds and, and Brooking and, De- you know. So um, in terms of sort of place in your heart, they've, they've got a way to go. And it's more difficult to find your way into the heart of a 61-year-old man than, a, than an impressionable <laughs> teenager. That's, that's, that's the thing. But I think, honestly... I, I am coming to the conclusion that Moyes is the best manager we've had in my lifetime. And wow. I am I, coming to the conclusion that, that this possibly at the moment is as good a team. Given, given the quality of the Premier League, given what you're competing against week in, week out, um, I, 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 you know, I, you'd hard push to, to name a better team. Yeah, I mean, I think what's, you know, what's on a kind of man-by-man basis, 
all of the players in our team, if they were a bit better than that, you know, we're sort of saying sometimes the final ball is a little bit sort of suspect. If they were better than that, they'd be playing for Manchester City or Real Madrid. What Moyes has done is he was like, you know, there was this guy at Hull that he really mm-hmm. likes and going, I'm going to get that guy because I, I need to keep us in the Premiership. So I need someone that's going to, you know, run for 90 minutes, trouble defenders, have a shot on him. I'm going to get that bloke from Hull. I'm not going to try and They're get hungry. some. Yeah, I'm not going to try and get hungry. someone who can't get in the Villa team. I'm not going to get exactly. someone who can't get in the Spurs team. I'm going to get this guy from Hull who plays every fucking week for Hull, and that they'll be really sorry to lose him. And you it's know. the attitude. It's the attitude of these players as well. Like we saw again, uh, Suchek ending up covered in blood, which yeah. is yeah. becoming his sort yeah. of like trademark. But it's it's I, it's um it's symbolic, isn't it? I thought that was naughty, actually, by the way. I, I, I'm surprised that hasn't been... I, I think he knew there was a player behind yeah. him when he kicked his foot out. Well, it's one of those ones that, um, you, you know, he wasn't looking at him or whatever. Um, do you remember Dick stamping all over John Spencer? John Spencer, game? yeah. He knew John Spencer Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. You know? um, yeah. And he kind yeah. of got away with that one. And I think yeah. it was very it was very similar. It's like you've been, you've been absolutely bested all afternoon and um you 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 just lash out a little bit knowing yeah yeah he's tangled with him he knows he's there he didn't need to kick his foot out like that i don't think so i thought it was a bit naughty yeah um i've got a a couple of questions really number number one i'd like to talk about ben johnson because um i I wonder whether because i feel if there's a player who's Slipped a little bit in terms of what he can do. It's 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 um too foul that this this season. Yeah, and I think mm, possibly yeah. just the sheer amount of football he's he's been expected to play. Um, I worry it's the cur- it's the curse of the new contract. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. Well, we've, we we know about Schemmel and Ilunga, and it's, mm. it's a fullback yeah. thing, isn't it? But I I, <laughs> I suspect I actually I, I looked again at the game against Brentford. His second half against Brentford, he was fantastic. So I, yeah, yeah. I, mm, he's um, he's been carrying this difficult... injury though. Yeah, he's been carrying this injury, yeah, which yeah. we have to see so has I, been affecting. But do we think Johnson is good enough to to be a you know long term right back at no. West Ham? I, I'm no. I, I'm I'm sort of saddened by that injury sustained by Fredericks because I think yeah. Fredericks is. I think Fredrick, Fredericks. Um, you know, has had a sort of uh, slightly rough ride from some of the fans. Um, uh, We were delighted to get him from Fulham. We were delighted to get him because he was really setting the championship on fire. Uh, He's super quick. Bursting through those two players for the goal in the Carabao Cup against Manchester United was great. And that's sort of something he can do. Um, He does put in quite a good cross when he gets to the byline. Um, you know, I think he's got all the chops. He's quite aggressive as well. Um, yeah. When he came on for our one nil <laughs> win at Spurs' new stadium, um, he was picked specifically for his pace to deal with Son and uh, Deli Alley and Kane's movement. And he, you know, sort of roughed them up. He ran along yeah. uh, next to them and said, you can't get away from me. I'm too quick for you. And then tackled them and sort of yeah. crunched them to the ground. He's quite aggressive, Fredericks. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, he seems to be the only human being on earth with tighter hamstrings than Antonio. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Julian Faber. I, I, I who... think... Yeah. Yeah. I, say, I, think, I, I think with Fredericks, that he's, um, I'm not sure how high his ceiling is. I think that... Fullback is such an important role in the modern Premier League. And we've actually 
if we have been lucky anywhere, it's that we, we've got probably the best 18 months of Cresswell's career in the last, you know, 18 yes. months. And probably, probably, you know, chances are it'd be the same as Sue found. You know, the guy's, you know, he's, he's not a spring chicken. And we've got this incredibly hard work, working guy. Maybe he just needs a rest. I think yeah. it's going to be quite important, actually, for us to invest in backups in those areas. It's the kind of position where we want to look at teams that get relegated. And, see, you know, we've got you know, there were players like Max Aarons at, at Norwich we were connected to, Anthony Robertson at Fulham we were connected to. Those, those are the kind of players that I think we should, mm. we should look to get in. And the, yeah. other, the, other, the other area, just quickly, where I did think we... I do think we are maybe a bit weak, as mentioned, is that attacking midfield role. Because... When we were all over Everton at the weekend um, and it was still nil-nil, I did think a number of times, oh, do you know what? If we had Jesse Lingard, we'd probably have got a couple of goals by now because he has got that quality yeah, and, that, he's, he's... And, and that ability to change a game himself. It's almost the one thing this team is missing, that like game-changer. Um, yeah. Like he was, like, like Dimitri Payet was, though that kind of player we're missing. I'm not sure it's Vlasic. No, no. Oh, it's too uh, early to say. It really is too early to say. And I'm not going to, I certainly don't, I'm, I, I don't like writing players off anyway before they've um, had a fair fair crack of the whip. I mean, he's 23. He is fits the, the bill of all the things we were talking about earlier in terms of ambition and hunger and whatever. Um, uh, and and uh, I don't know. I, 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 too early to judge. I, 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 I'd be optimistic about about him, sure, whether or not, right, I, right. I don't think he's ever probably going to be quite as good a player as, as as Lingard, maybe. And it's going to be difficult for us, other than through loans and things, to or developing someone, uh, you know, to 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 get a player like that. But know, it should be so. Lingard. It should be Lingard. If he had, I mean, this is yeah. the thing that's disapp- disappointing is that we clear. You know, he not only did he get a starting position at West Ham, he got a bit of sort of therapy and career resurrection. You know, yeah. And and yeah. and if if I was his mother. Uh, or his father, I'd be, I'd be saying to him, mate, stay there. It was the, it was the most positive thing for your, for your career. Don't yeah. go and like, you know, sit on the bench of Man United and a team that's got no leadership and a crap manager. I think it, yeah. I just, I just wish, wish he realised what was good for him. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe, maybe he has his reasons though. You know, it might be because yeah. he had all the, all, obviously, all these family issues up in Manchester, mm-hmm. and maybe yeah. he really does want to kind of be up in Manchester. Yeah. You know, I wonder. You know, um, we, we we sort of had this conversation a few you know, a couple of weeks ago about Andros Townsend because I kept sort of thinking we should get Andros Townsend. Then every time I sort of think we should get him, I go, no, he's the end is in sight for him. Mm. But there's always like one more good season, and I sort of slightly fear, oh, are we going to just sign Jesse Lingard? The season yeah. is falls yeah. falls, in, the, falls uh, off yeah. a cliff because I think yeah. it's a real danger. I mean, you know, because yeah. for some players. I don't think Lindgard would be quite like that. It's it it the 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 falling away is alarming. You know, we got we we signed Kevin Nolan, uh played very well but in the championship, played, you know, fairly well in those first two seasons in the premiership, and then seemed to just age by about fifteen years. <laughs> and in that last season, uh before, you know, Allardyce and him left the club, he was just, you know, really really a liability and it you know it wasn't his fault it's the gone. price it's the price for Lingard then because it's I, I completely agree Phil that is the number one risk isn't it is that is the, has he crested yeah. um but I would still say for what you know if it was 20 25 million basically the sort of money we paid for Vlasic even yeah. if we just got another season and a half of peak Lingard I think it'd be worth yeah. it 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. make us a better. I mean, you know, a better team and a better squad is the, the, no question. You know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that. The thing about um, you know Vlasic, and again, we've said this before on the podcast, is that he is. Um, you know, and, and there's a positive spin to this and a negative spin. He is he is a bit like what we've already got. And uh, when you want to make substitutions in a game, if you take <laughs> a kind of uh, Jared Bowen type footballer on and bring on a Vlasic type footballer, you are you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a replacement for Jared Bowen who will do something quite similar. Yes. And, and yes. for a manager, that can be good. To that um, uh, to that point, I I. I wondered whether Kral was injured or something because he wasn't on the bench at Goodison. No, he wasn't. And given no, he wasn't. the injury, given the injury to... Well, Soufal is injured. We, injured. we know yeah. that, don't we? But I yeah. didn't know whether Kral was because the player that's a bit like Kral got injured and there was no Kral on the bench. So we went... Mm. So we switched our system up and went to three yeah. at the back, didn't we? So yeah. Yeah. I wonder... Because I, I want to see more of Kral uh, just Same. in terms of resting... The other two players. Luckily, I we think will we'll see him tomorrow. We will. Yeah. I, I thought he was good against Man United. You know, me so, too. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, my my other little. So I was I was I was I wanted to ask a question about Ben Johnson really because I I thought um, in some ways oh, his yeah. height um, was effective against Everton because they want to play those long cross field balls and you know to either Gray or Townsend to you know and a lot of Premier League teams play that way, don't they? They, they yeah. look. Because full-backs push on, a lot of teams look to play those diagonal balls into space behind the full-backs. And I think his height and his pace are effective yeah. defensively. I think yeah. what, you, what you get defensively from him, you, you, you lose a little bit, I think, possibly going, going forward. Now, my other big question is, is about Correct. Fabianski. And, and this is something I, I think I missed the last um, podcast. Um, mm. And it, well, I would have raised it because I... Um, I like the look of Ariel. I like the look of him at Fulham. I like the look of what I've seen so far for us. Um, and I don't think it's too long before he really deserves deserves a chance to, to see what he can do as number one. I, I'm less and less convinced by Fabianski. Um, uh, I, I think he's been a decent keeper. I don't think he's as great a keeper as some people seem to think. Um, and I think he's made some significant errors so far this season that have led to goals against. Um, I, I think uh, we're seeing the same as we saw with Yusuf Yaskalayan and he's yeah, at yeah. that tail end now. Yeah, I yeah. think that he's... Um, I, I really have rated him. I think he's one of the best keepers that I've seen at West Ham ever. I, I really... At his peak, wow. I, I thought I thought he was one of the one of the top goalkeepers in, in, in the league. Um, but yes, he is just slightly less reliable than he used to be. And the thing with goalkeepers is... I, I agree with you. I really like the look of Ariola against Man United in the Cup. He was trying a bit hard, and the goalkeeper is the one position that you don't want trying too hard. You don't want them to like punch the ball because it looks good. You want them to gather it. You don't want them to mm. do Hollywood saves. You, you actually want them to be. Re- and the only way that happens is through having a consistent run in the side and being told you are the number one. And I think that I think at some stage, maybe sooner rather than later, I think that transition has to happen. I'm with. I'm with I feel. I feel. I feel the yeah. time has come personally, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we've got two games coming up, and uh, uh, these games require predictions for their scores. We've got uh, we've got Genk on Thursday and uh, Tottenham Hotspur on Sunday. Um, wholesale rotations probably for the uh, for the Genk game. I would have thought you'd have thought so, given the position in the group and the fact that on on paper they're not the they're not 
they're not the strongest of the, no. of the oppositions, are they? I, I, I don't know. Um, don't know anything about them, to be honest. So. No, no. Two-one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. I think. I think we'll be. I, you know, I think we'll be to do enough. One-nil. Um, uh, Benji. I was going to say 1-0, so I'll say 2-0 instead. 2-0. And now Spurs on Sunday. Mm. Yeah, this is a big game, isn't it? Because I think arguably you can say that we've dropped um, home points that we shouldn't have dropped against. We should have got a point against Man United and we should have got, um, we probably, well, certainly a point, if not three points against Brentford. Yeah. Um, So I'd say say we we should be a few points better off than we are. If we beat Tottenham, we go above them, we get 17 points. After nine games, that's you know right up there challenging for, for European places. It's where you would want to be uh, if, if that's your aspiration. Lose, and we're going to get sucked back into mid-table. If it, if it, but you know, there's yeah. that, so that's that point of the season where those those points get gaps between positions aren't aren't big but are significant. Um, yeah. I think we'll be fully up for it. I'm not. I can't see us losing three games at home in a row. But I think it'll be a draw. I'm going to go two-two. Uh, I was going to have that, Benji. I was, I was going to have two-two as well. Right. Um, yeah. Instead, I'm going to. Say, I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. We're going to win it. So I'll say three-two. We should. The, the, the thing that's a bit worrying about this is that we should win this game. We will be favourites, and that always yeah. makes me feel a bit nervous at home against a good side. Uh, by the way, the Uncle Jeff co- coefficient is currently zero. We are yeah, exactly, right. exactly where, where, where we. Are. we yeah, where, where we are against the same teams from last year, but yeah, we beat Spurs at home last year, and I think the next three games in a row we won last year. So unless we right. get nine points out of them, that coefficient is going to drop. Yeah, we're sort of becoming a slightly better unit away from home, aren't we? It's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, I mean my uh, my instinct was drawn to two all. Uh, I have to say, um, so I'm going to say we win it two one. We win it to the last year. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough, but uh, yeah, I think we might have enough. All right, well, this has been Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans. With me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Benji Lanyardo. Thanks for having me. Come on, you irons. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.